It is a new episode of Tapped In SF Giants Baseball. I am Andrew Pasquini. Leo Luna next to me. Leo, how you doing today, man? It's an off day, uh, but I'm doing good, even though the San Francisco Giants are not playing this Thursday. Uh, very, very excited for this weekend series that's coming up against the San Diego Padres. You know what I'm excited for? You mentioned it being an off day and how we perfectly utilized our off day is uh, later on in this podcast, we have an interview with uh, Giants relief pitcher Caleb Berger. So that's something to look forward to. I, we kept it pretty tight under wraps too, so it's going to come as a surprise to some people, even our group chat. I don't even think we told them. Um, but yeah, we, we, we talked to him a little bit. Uh, it was It was a very fun conversation. We just finished recording it. We're excited for you guys to hear it. Yeah, definitely. It's a uh, Caleb's an A one human being, great guy, fun conversation. Uh, even though he's great, at least listen to us a little bit before you fast forward uh, while we discuss what we just saw from the San Francisco Giants and what we're hoping to see moving forward from this team. First place team. Last first. time we recorded, they were they were in first. Now we're recording again. And they're still in first. And they're still in first place. And how did we get here, Leo? Well, we left you guys off last Tuesday. Uh, The Giants had just come off a 12-0 win against the Colorado Rockies. Unfortunately, last Tuesday, they dropped one in 10 innings, 7-5. But the Giants bounced back the very next day. Uh, They pick up the series win against the Rockies with a 7-3 win on Wednesday. They take the day off. They make the trip down to San Diego where they drop two of three, uh, game one, they lose three to two, game two, they lose six to two, and then game three, they pull up, they win seven to one. Kevin Gosman, I mean, stop me if you've heard that one, bef- this one before that he's, he's he pitched well, uh, seven to one victory, wrap the series up in San Diego. Then they go to Colorado, it, it gets a little whack, uh, some wet ass course field. I don't know why I chose to go that route, but I did. Uh, they win the first game of the, or they win the first game of the doubleheader 12 to four. They put up 10 runs in the first inning. Uh, unfortunately, the second game they give up, I believe it was four runs in the bottom of the seventh inning, get walked off on by Charlie Blackman. It was actually sixth in the bottom of the seventh. So the uh, second time in two years, the Giants have been walked off on in the bottom of the seventh inning. And then they close out the series with another tough one, uh, six to five loss to the Colorado Rockies, which puts us at the Giants having an 18 and 13 record, which is still good enough to be at the top of the NL West. And it gets pretty lonely at the top, Leo. (laughs) Very lonely, uh, especially when the homies are uh, half a game back. I, I guess I wouldn't, I shouldn't use the word homies uh, since they are the competition. Yeah. Um, I, I would say still, you know, this is probably the best division in baseball. And they just lost back-to-back series. I, I, I would like to see this, this Giants team to, you know, bounce right back. It's definitely going to be a tough three games against the Padres, then they have Texas right after, and and I think they could definitely snag two, those two games, that two-game series against Texas and, and get a little short sweep. I'm going to go ahead and call it here that they're going to sweep, sweep the Rangers in that two-game series. Uh, I don't want to underestimate Texas because they do have some talented players on their team. Uh, I just think the San Francisco Giants are better, and I think their, their starting rotation is better, uh, more consistent, 
but it's it's very exciting. Uh, you know, Dodgers aren't putting together wins. Padres are pretty hot right now, and the Giants are still able to hold them off and and hold that first place lead. And, and I think it's it's going to be a true test this weekend. It's going to be a true test to what the rest of the season is going to look like because these obviously this weekend series is not going to determine the winner of the division. Like, no, it, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's just a puzzle in, you know, in the piece of the pie, essentially, it's just that little puzzle piece. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be very competitive. And that's what I want to see uh, this weekend. And that's what gets me excited for it because it's going to give you more of a September feel this mm-hmm. weekend rather than, say the beginning of may that that's what gets me excited yeah and that's where we're sitting at leo the beginning of may uh the padres you know that that is a tough series it's going to be a tough series but the 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 stretch after the padres man that's gonna be a huge stretch for the giants they go you mentioned the two against the rangers they didn't go to pittsburgh for four and then cincinnati for four again uh, and we saw how they dealt with Cincinnati earlier in the year. They took two out of three in San Francisco. So the Giants after San Diego have three very winnable series uh, coming up after after uh, San Diego. And then they go for a three-game set against the Dodgers, their first time against the Dodgers. So as I said last time, this is where the Giants really, really need to bank their wins. They need to put some in the bank for later in the season because uh, the schedule is only going to get harder from here. The Giants have had a pretty – you know, n- nothing too wild yet. They haven't had to face. I mean, they faced the Padres already uh, six times. They're going to play game seven, eight, nine this weekend. But other than that, it's been Cincinnati, who's uh, around 500, Colorado below 500, Miami below 500, Philadelphia around 500, and then the uh, Mariners, who started off pretty hot. They've cooled off a bit. So, so the Giants, the schedule is going to get harder. That's just what it is. Giants really needed to prove themselves that they could hold their own against the Padres. They did it the first series, not so much the second. Um, also, like something to say too, and, and something that that really helps the Giants is they're in the midst of their longest losing streak of the season at two. They've had two or three separate two game losing streaks. They haven't lost more than two in a row yet this year. Um, which goes, I think, goes a long way. There, there hasn't been a bad stretch of a week yet. They've been able to right the ship every single time, so that that's something that that's huge to me. And you mentioned the San Diego series too. The Giants are having some familiar names come back. Uh, Kevin Gosman, I believe you said he's pitching Saturday. I believe it was correct. Uh, he mm-hmm. had a quick little stint on the IL, uh, and I'm assuming it had something to do with his COVID vaccine. Because they usually don't let you be, or they usually don't let you spend two days on the disabled list or the injured list. And then Cueto's coming back on Sunday, so this is this is a huge series for the Giants if they can get those two wins on the back end. Uh, I, I'm not even sure who pitches tomorrow. I probably should have looked that up before the podcast started. Uh, tomorrow it is Anthony DeSclafani. It's DeSclafani. Okay, so so th- that's a very good rotation setup to have for the Giants especially with Gosman and Cueto coming back. And how, how, how are you feeling with, with uh, the two best pitchers on the Giants rotation? And, I mean, I guess we can't even say that um, Gosman's coming back because I don't think he missed a turn in the rotation. So, no. So I yeah. guess I guess more specifically Cueto, what, what's that like having him back? Um, before I get into Cueto, I wanted to recap that Friday Padres game uh, where they went down 3-2. to two. 
because I was at that game. I yeah. was in San Diego. I, um, I was there and <sighs> bases loaded. Darren Ruff hits a would be grand slam. Oh, yeah. And, and they called it a grand slam. So myself and the, the Giants fans in my surrounding section, you know, we were cheering. Last year, the Padres had their little Slam Diego slogan because they had, what, like four games in a row where they hit a grand slam. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Slam Francisco. Um, so I was saying that. Sl- and then Slam Francisco. Yes, yes. I went there. Uh, I, I may have had an adult beverage when I went there, and that's probably why that happened. Yet the play goes under review. Yeah. And then it got called back. And I just had the fans like, what, what? Yeah, sit down, sit down. I was, and it was just, it was terrible because I, I thought they hit a grand slam. And, you know, obviously momentum wise, what that does when you round the bases and trot them and next, you know, you got to get back in the box again. And, uh, and so with Johnny Cueto, I'm excited to see that he, he's one of the more entertaining, like besides production. He's been electric this year, production-wise. But what you get out of production, you get twice as much out of entertainment when watching Johnny Cueto. His little shimmy, is he going to give it to you once? Is he going to give it to you twice? Or three times? Or is he just going to quick pitch you? Like You don't know what you're going to watch. It's it's different uh, when Johnny Cueto's on the mound. I just hope that we see him on Sunday, like obviously we are, but more than that, I, I hope, you know, he could get his he's completely healed and we're able to see him throughout an entire season. I guess I shouldn't use the word completely healed be- since everyone is obviously going to have some mileage, especially towards the back end of the season. But at least healthy enough to be, you know, in his spot of rotation that that's where I want to see Johnny Cueto first and foremost before anything uh and rather than having him miss some more time uh he is towards the, the second half obviously he's more towards yeah. the you know the summary of his career than than the intro so it's it, i want to see this this guy's a legend like no one really talks about it like numbers wise what he did in cincinnati he was a legend there went to the royals won a world series helped him win that world series came to the Giants and started an all-star game in 2016. Uh, so wherever he's gone, he he's put up all-star level production. Uh, so I'd like to see him go out at that same level, whether if it's, you know, with a different team or with the San Francisco Giants, since it is what his last year on the team, I'd like to see him go out as that also because first and foremost, he's freaking, he he's like Hunter Pence from a pitcher. You never yeah. know what you're going to get. No. Uh, sometimes it looks a little wacky, but it's freaking entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's good. The giants are slowly starting to get healthy. Um, you know, Yastrzemski's on the IL. Tommy Listella goes on the IL. We don't know how long he's going to be gone. Donovan Solano goes on the IL. So, so the giants are really hurting right now. So it's good to get Cueto back. They, they, they need to get healthy, but, but I mean, like you look at the guys who are stepping into these roles though, right? The giants acquire Mike Talkman. Now all of a sudden he's in 
a pretty important spot because the Giants need production from an outfield spot. Uh, and 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 his numbers have gone up. He's hit a home run with the Giants. Uh, he's getting those plate appearances. His numbers are stabilizing a little bit. Uh, Steven Duggar, you know, he's had a couple of pretty good sized moments for the Giants. Uh, we got to see a little bit of Vosler. So so these these players are going to have to step up. It's, uh, you know, with these injuries, because how do you replace the 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 nationally bat, battle batting champion last year? How do you replace a guy who can put the bat on the ball as well as Tommy Listella. How do you replace the power that Mike Yastrzemski gives you? Because he was, we talked about his struggles earlier in the year. He was turning it around. Like he was heating yeah. back up. He had four home runs. Like he was coming back to what we knew him as. And now he's out of the lineup. So, so the Giants really need their, this is where the depth is going to come into play. This is where you're going to see the Darren Ruffs more, the Wilmer Flores is more, all those guys. And We'll, we'll see what they can offer because the Giants really need to to keep this pace up because if they don't, they're 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 going to be in trouble because you have the Dodgers and the Padres coming behind and and they've shown that they can kind of do it. You know, obviously, like Coors Field is Coors Field. I, as much as I want to overreact to those two losses that happened, you know, it, it's kind of the nature of the beast. Um, with with Coors Field, you never really know what's going to happen with, and no lead is safe there. So now you you really get this important stretch of games with with San Diego and Texas, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, where you're going to need the depth guys to step up, especially against teams of the caliber the Giants are going to play. And it, it's really not going to hurt too much if Cueto comes back and pitches well, and Gosman continues his hot start, and DeSclafani, and and the whole rotation pitches well. But you want to see that production from the depth, and they're kind of getting it to some points, kind of not at sometimes too. So we'll see yeah. where it goes from here. Yeah, with like with the depth, definitely understandable. I would also say with the starting lineup, uh, like kudos to Brandon Crawford. He's he's been killing it uh, per fan graphs over the last seven days. He's the tenth power ranked player in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, so. And for me, it's like time, timely hitting as well. That's going to help out your pitchers. I think they had on three separate occasions on Saturday versus the Padres where the bases were loaded, but yet nobody crossed. Yeah. So it, it, I'm, you're going to hear me say this on this podcast quite a bit. Timely hitting, timely hitting, timely hitting. Not You're not going to have a lineup hit 300 you know, for an entire season. You're going to be closer to 200 for an entire season with your lineup. But it's when are you getting those hits? When are you hitting those home runs? Hell, look at the the Rockies. This previous series, they got shut down for most of the games, yet they were able to put one inning together and at least come out with two of those three wins. Yep. Uh, so just uh, and I and I think it could progress over time, especially when you get Yastrzemski back in the lineup, when you get a, a healthier Listella. I don't think he was completely healthy before he went on the IL. It seemed like he, he kept tweaking a little something. He kept reaching for something, and then uh, eventually he was placed on the IL. Donnie Barrels, obviously, Silver Slugger. And I mentioned Yastrzemski, but last year he was, what, top five MVP candidate? Something uh, like that. He was around there. Yeah. Yeah, and then what he provides you defensively as well. He, he's got a solid arm. He's got good range. He could read it off the bat pretty well. Uh, and then with the depth, I would like to see – uh, something out of Osler. I, I, I'm still fully on board on the Vossler train. You know, get him some at bats. He's a guy who's 
three consecutive years hit over 20 home runs in the minors. Obviously, the minors isn't the major leagues. Uh, so I don't want to, you know, make it sound like it's uh, able to just translate very well. But I, I do believe in this guy and what he could be as a prospect. Yeah, and, and we're going to get to the interview with Caleb Berger uh, here in a second. I just want to say one thing before we wrap it up. Um, it's kind of cool. We've stepped into a time machine and we get uh, early 2010s Buster Posey back. Um what a year he's having. Uh, I, I I didn't want to miss this part because this is, and and we talked about him a little bit with uh, with Berger, uh, with you know that that relationship between him because Berger didn't have uh, Posey last year and how different it is with him here this year. Uh, Posey slash line is three ninety four four forty nine seven thirty two. Guess we can say it, Leo. That OPS is a one dot one dot one eight one. Uh, the power numbers are all of a sudden back. He's leading the team, and my mic went out. I'm going to let you talk about uh, Posey before my mic completely turns off. Uh, so we'll wrap it up here. Leo, take the floor about Buster Posey. No worries. I could still hear you pretty well. Uh, so with Buster Posey, regardless who the player is, when you have a one dot uh, for your OPS, that's freaking solid. Like, no matter who, you know, if I have a one dot, for my MLB The Show player, which I usually do, especially if I play on Rookie, um, Buster Posey, he's just been a godsend to this franchise, honestly. Uh, a lot of people were kind of on the, okay, yeah, let's let's get 280 out of Buster. Let's Maybe he hits 10 home runs this year, but the guy's just showing he's completely healthy. And I kudos also to Gabe Kapler for keeping him healthy and not, trying to force his bat in the lineup every single day. I think that's been a key to his success, key to keeping him fresh uh, it, rather than saying, hey, like this guy is hitting almost 400. Let's force him in there, even though he may need a day off. So kudos, you know, for the management and the training team, keeping this guy with fresh legs, because ultimately if you're going to make a run for this playoffs, which I hope to see, I, I believe they have the roster and the talent to go ahead and do that. So you need a Buster, a healthy Buster Posey to make that run. The, yeah, the difference level, like even experience wise, yeah. sorry for that little awkward pause. That's fine. <laughs> even no, experience wise, uh, Buster Posey to the next guy, it, it's huge. It's mm -hmm. huge. Like I love Joey Bart as a prospect, but that, that gap between those two guys as it sits right now is a, is a pretty big gap. Yeah, those are all totally good points that I 100% heard because Sound or StreamYard definitely didn't kick me out for no reason. Uh, great points, Leo. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Go follow Leo at LeoLuna93 for more amazing points like that. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. The Giants, I already said the outlook for the next week. Um, they got three against the Padres in San Francisco. They then play Texas for two before going to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati for an eight-game road trip. Uh, we're going to feed it off now to our interview with Caleb Berger. All right. We are joined by, we, we have a special guest. We're very happy to have him on uh, San Francisco Giants pitcher and newest member of, <laughs> I guess we'll call it the 49ers fandom team. I, that's a weird way to describe that. Newest 49ers fan, uh, Caleb <laughs> Berger. How are you doing today, Caleb? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, we really appreciate it. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with that because that's what brought this together is uh, you tweeted last week about the draft, and I don't have the, the, the tweet in front of me right now, it, along the lines of how are you going to get me to cheer for a football team that has Mac Jones? Uh, <laughs> and that, that's how we started talking. Um, I know you're, you come from a family of Ohio State fans, so you were hoping it was Justin Fields. It was Trey Lance, so so I, I'm assuming that was enough to get you to, to jump the ship to the 49ers? Yeah, pretty much. I, my brother had kind of sold me on being a fan regardless. He grew up a Niners fan. He just kind of okay. picked them when he was younger, um, back in the Patrick Willis days. So he, mm. he, he was kind of been pushing for me to be a Niners fan because I don't really have a team. I've kind of been like a half Lions fan, half just like I enjoy watching football on Sundays. So I'm pretty excited to get the root for a team. And I think everybody's happy that it wasn't Mac Jones. And honestly, like I was just happy they got a quarterback who's got who's like a dual threat and able to do a lot of different things and give them like a different look than the offense they've been running. Yeah, we were led to to the belief that it was gonna be Justin Fields as well. And I and I kind of uh had some back and forth with you and then once it was Trey Lance I was like hey are are, are we still good because it's not Mac Jones yeah and yeah yeah it seems yeah. like a lot of us were just on that train like no offense to Mac Jones hopefully he's a fine quarterback but you said it right there is a dual threat quarterback that's kind of where we were on this it, it just provides so much even within the red zone if you get some type of read option and and I say these things because uh, I could tell you watch a lot of football and you kind of enjoy it. Uh, would it have been hard for you to to cheer for Ohio State coming from Indiana? Or is it just, you know, Indiana so, first, but then you still like Ohio State? So I actually grew up a Michigan football fan just because all my buddies in Michigan were Michigan fans. My dad and brother have been Ohio State fans. My brother his whole life and my dad since he was in high school. Um, and I just kind of didn't hit that hit that trend. I guess. Um, and then this, this off season, actually, I started watching Ohio state a little bit, like just watching them with my brother and like talking about them. Like I was watching a lot of Indiana too. Um, I'd kind of given up on Michigan just with the, the mess that they have going on over there in their football program. Um, but Ohio state was fun to watch, man. Like they score a lot of points. They play good defense. Like it's easy to root for a team that is fun to watch. And I think that's kind of where, where I was hoping to carry over my, my uh, fandom into the NFL too. Like, so hopefully the Niners will score some points and play some good defense. Yeah. Peter, well, that, we're, Leo and I are both 49er fans. We actually created this, this podcast as a way, cause we both have our own 49er podcast to get away from the 49er talk because it got very, <laughs> not, I don't want to say stressful cause it sounds like a weird thing to say, but like it, it definitely got to be a lot with, with all the draft speculation, but you play baseball. So let's, let's talk a little baseball. <laughs> um, you, you, you made your major league debut uh, last season with the giants. Um, and it was kind of a weird year. We all know that with COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Does this almost feel like you're getting a second rookie year experience? Because last year, you know, you're stuck on this side of the country. Now you're getting a chance to go to like Miami, Philadelphia, get to see more of the, you know, all the stadiums in Major League Baseball. So does this feel like a almost a second rookie year for you in, in, in terms of that experience? Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of like last year they gave me the MLB experience with like super heavy training wheels because um, there were mm -hmm. no fans, like travel was super limited, like there's really no distractions. And it was, it was honestly great for me um, to be able to play like a full, full, whatever you want to call it, 60 games with no real outside distractions. It really let me kind of focus on the players I was playing against and like realizing that, okay, these guys are good, but they're not, 
it's not as daunting when you take away like the fans aspect and like the other aspect, you just kind of get to go play and see. And I got to see a lot last year and realize that like, Hey, I can pitch against these guys. Like I can get most of them, most of them out all the time, you know? So it kind of gave me that like extra confidence boost and kind of let me focus in on just the baseball aspect. And then this year, slowly getting the fans back. Like our first game, I remember pitching in uh in Seattle and like hearing the crowd and I was like, wow, like it's kind of loud. And there was only 8,000 people there. So it's like slowly, but surely they're like taking the training wheels off as I'm, as we're getting going. So it's been, it's been really cool. It's been really nice. You guys still yeah, have you, me here? Or yeah. Here? You're still here. Okay. Yeah. You, you talk about it. Um, last year, major league debut in Los Angeles against the Dodgers and the very first batter you face is freaking Max Muncy, uh, a guy who sold shirts saying get it out of the ocean against one of the Giants icon pitchers. Um, I, do, do you look back at that at bat at all? Because I, I was recapping it today. And, man, that would have been a one, two, three pitch. I know, out, man. Like... <laughs> I know. Like, and that was the funny thing, too, is like, no, like pitching, I didn't really know. Like, I thought it was close. The the third pitch that actually was in the box, but umpires just miss stuff all the time. So honestly, and like, I'm a rookie, I'm not expecting to get that call all the time. You know, it would have been one of those things where it was a little bit too easy, I guess, for my first batter, but I am really happy the ball he hit the center didn't get out because that would have really sucked. That would have been a a pretty crappy way to start. Um, But yeah, yeah. What does that do confidence wise? Like when you face that, you know, those guys, you, you do that to, you know, Muncie got him out to Yastrzemski in center field, very next batters, Mookie Betts, which it was a double play. And then you come up uh, the next inning and then the very next hitter is what Cody Bellinger, I believe. Like, what does that do for your confidence when you are able to pitch pitch two innings against the, the team that essentially won the world series those guys been balling out years before last year. So it wasn't kind of an, uh, an anomaly world series for them. Like, what does that do? Confidence level is as first major league experience. Here you go, Caleb, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wish it would have done more for my confidence level. Um, I didn't really, fo- I tried not to focus on it. My first outing I had like against real professional hitters last year was in Oakland for like a sim for like a scrimmage or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was really mm-hmm. focused on like who I was going to face because I had Chapman Olsen and like Chris Davis were the three guys I was coming to get. And I was really like honed in. I'm like, okay, I know Matt Chapman. Like we worked out at the same facility. Like everybody knows who Matt Olsen is. And like I kind of psyched myself out. So when I went, when we went to go play the Dodgers, I kind of like flipped the script on myself. And I was like, I'm not going to pay attention to who the hitter is. I'm just going to try to throw it like in the strike zone, just try to get him out. And honestly, I wish I would have focused a little more after the game about the guys that I actually did end up getting out. Uh, it probably would help my confidence a little bit more. But yeah, I just for the whole year, I almost tried to just not focus on the hitters, I guess, just to not put myself in that situation of like, oh, these stars, I'm facing them. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to do me any good to know like, hey, that's one of the best hitters in baseball. Like my job doesn't change regardless who who is hitting. Um. And kind of, kind of to feed off, like going from your rookie season to this year, how do you, do you feel something different when you're pitching to a guy like Buster Posey? Um, like we, 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 you know, as Giants fans, we've we've known about him. You know, he he's he's the guy. He's been the dude. Is there something there with with you know you're no you know you're going to be pitched to Buster Posey? Like just kind of explain the the I guess the pitcher catcher relationship. Um, I, I know that's kind of a broad topic. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I definitely question him less for sure. I'm kind of more of a, like, 
all right, sure, whatever you want, Buster. Like, you're going to be a Hall <laughs> of Famer, like, no question about it. Like, you know more about baseball than I do. And it, it's got me in trouble a little bit, um, at least in Philadelphia. Like, I, I remember talking to a pitching coach. I gave a 0-2 hit to uh, – I don't remember who it was, a lefty. But we called, like, fastball away. And I hadn't thrown a, I hadn't thrown a single fastball, like, away, technically 0-2 last year at all. Like, all my fastballs 0-2 were up. So it kind of caught me off guard, and I, like, babied it. And I ended up leaving it over the plate, and I got smacked for a single. I came back in the dugout and I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, why Like, why would you throw a fastball away there? And I was like, because the guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer just called fastball away. So I'm going to go with his his idea over that. He's like, okay, well, next time, don't be afraid to, like, shake him off. So I'm starting to get a little bit more of that, like, relationship. He's still got to learn me a little bit, you know. He hasn't really caught me much. Um, I haven't really thrown to him too much. So we've had a couple of conversations just about the way my fastball plays. But definitely having a guy back there like that, you know, he's going to steal strikes for you. And, you know, he's he's going to throw guys out and just put, put you in a really good spot to succeed as a pitcher. Beautiful. Yeah, I know. Like uh... – it's something that that the fans hear, like you know, it's it's easy to pitch to to a guy, you know, like Buster Posey or like all the great catchers, and it's it's hard for us fans to know what that actually means. So it's pretty cool to hear that explanation. And then on the other side too, with um, Kirk Casale, he had the uh, shutout streak. Is is it that kind of same yeah. thing when you're working with him as well? Just let him cook, or is it? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Those those veteran guys who've been around a lot longer than I have, like they've they've been behind the plate for so many at bats and seen so many hitters. Like I, I try to feed off them as much as I can, um, and just trust that they like they do their homework. They they do a lot more research on the guys than I do. Like they have their meetings with the uh, with the starters and everything, and go over the whole lineup so they know they know the whole game plan um, really well. So I, it's been nice to just be able to trust them and kind of have that veteran presence back there. It gives you some extra confidence on the mound for sure. And uh, you just said confidence on the mound. Last season, you ended it out with 14 consecutive scoreless innings. I'm going to say it because I don't control the universe. You started this season at eight and a third scoreless innings. So you combine the two. That's 22 and a third. You're kind of halfway there as far as getting into that 40 range and, and 50 range. Uh, where's the confidence like that come from, you know, being so young w into your MLB career and you're just shutting the door uh, this past week, you had bases loaded and, and shut that door completely. No earned runs. Obviously you'll like to have a whole career with a zero, zero, zero ERA, right. but that's not really baseball. Um, like, where do you, like, what do you, where do you go mentally just to just find that zone, uh, to where you're able to just continue the success that you're currently having? I just try not to think about too much. You know, I try to just focus on each at bat and each hitter and normally it takes care of itself. Um, I, just, I know I got some really good stuff with my fastball and my slider is pretty good too. And if I just, it seems like if I throw my slider for a strike, um, it's going to be a pretty good outing for me. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on. Uh, right now, but the mm -hmm. big thing for me is just trusting, trusting the stuff that got me here, and that it's going to continue to play. That's been my biggest, uh, my biggest thing for 2021. Um, I'm, I'm going to change the subject. We're going to go. It's your off day. You probably don't want to talk baseball too much. Uh, your most recent tweet, though, last week. Um, how cool is it to get a 99 overall, Caleb? Uh, Berger card from MLB The Show, <laughs> and how many times have you used that card? 
It's pretty awesome. And I actually haven't used it at all. I've been doing much stuff today. And then on the road, um, the internet connection is pretty tough, you know, at the hotel. So I haven't been able to do too much. But tonight I'm going to hop on with a couple of my buddies and play them. And I'm, I'm going to try to use it as much as I can and see, <laughs> see if I can do some damage with it for sure. But yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool to see yourself in a video game. Uh, growing up playing video games as a kid, like it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's a dream come true, but like, it's really, really cool. It's cool to see that for sure. Now, is that something you had to reach out to Sony for? Or did they just like, you open your game one day and you just had a 99 overall card? Because I mean, I play MLB <laughs> the show way too much. Like it's, I, I'm going to play it when we're done with this. And you know, the best card in the game probably is like Mike Trout, the live series or the Byron Bucks and they dropped yesterday. And you're just out here with a 99 overall with version. A 99, yeah. yeah is, is, is that something you approach Sony with or did Sony just drop it to you one day? So one of my, one of my buddies... Um, who went to Indiana a couple years before me, I saw he tweeted out a picture of his or whatever. And I was like, hey, how'd you get that? And he's like, oh, I texted my agent and he set it up. So as soon as I got that, I texted my agent and he hooked me up pretty <laughs> quick with that. So working hard for I, me, which is good to see. I need to get an agent and uh, <laughs> just just tell that guy, hey, like I'm with no MLB team, but if you could get me a 99 card, I would greatly appreciate that it would probably just like my my picture would be me like shopping at the grocery store or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would be it would just be dh that's that's that funny be that'd be good yeah, yeah reach out to him tweet at him see what happens <laughs> maybe it'll work so since i just mentioned dh we had we saw logan webb hit a triple last week and you know part of the whole pitchers who rake club we know way too much of that since madison bumgarner was on this team for quite a while if you got the chance to start since there's no more national league dh anymore would you consider yourself part of that pitchers who rate club i i want my ego says yeah but then i'm gonna get in there and if if they throw me anything that's like 95 plus or anything with a wrinkle i'm gonna probably say not um <laughs> i do have i have one hit in the minor leagues i think i only had like 10 at bats or something my first like five or mm -hmm. six i punched out um but i did i did finish with a single and it was i think like 101 off the bat so like there's a little juice in there okay um there's a little juice um if you ever like hit uh, th this is more of a request than anything else uh if you ever hit a no doubt home run that you know you got uh instead of doing a normal bat flip can you do like a tyler rogers like submarine bat flip <laughs> yeah if i get that if i get the chance and i know i got one i'll remember that um okay that's pretty far I, off but if if it happens i'll make sure i get that in for you all of a sudden i am anti-dh just just like that i want to hey, see i'm, uh, I'm anti-dh too man like <laughs> it makes the game different you know it makes it two different leagues and i understand like the injury aspect and kind of like the the like fun of seeing guys hit homers, but it makes the game a little more strategic if you have the pitchers hit, which is kind of what I like to see. And it brings out the better athletes too as pitchers. Like it, it makes the guys who are more athletic, a little bit more valuable to those national league teams. Yeah. Like I've went to high school and, and grad, like even middle school, uh, same grade class as Joe Musgrove. And I've seen the Padres use him in the outfield a little bit. I've seen them put him in at DH and, and every time I, you know, see him hit, just because I've I've known him for a very long time, and this guy, I'm just hey guys, watch out! Like this is not a normal pitcher. So I agree with you on that athleticism, and as well as the gas, it just reminds me of Bruce Bochy, and how he was just able to manipulate 
the raw, you know, when to put guys in, when, you know, when to take guys out. And, and I do kind of like that, that aspect as well. Um, obviously do we, do we like to see home runs? Yes. But yeah. then that's where you get it from, from your other eight guys. And, and I think it also works well for, for pitchers, you know, to where you're able to you know, strategize around it a little more and say, Hey, like I have a guy on, on second base here. Maybe I just intentionally walked the eighth batter and now I get the starter that I, you know, could just chug the ball to and see what absolutely. happens. Absolutely. Just, just what, don't what do you think on that? Get to, it, go ahead. I was going to say is because a lot of people say pitch to the number eight hitter that you are next inning with the pitcher. Are you, uh, it, like, depend, where, where I think are it you? Just depends just, on the situation. Like it depends on who the eight hole is. Like there's so much that can go into it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could make like a blanket statement. Um, yeah. <laughs> this depends if you've got like a good hitting pitcher coming up or if you've got a guy who's doesn't have a single hit in his entire career. Um, and also, it also matters what time, what point in the game it is too. Like sometimes you want that pitcher spot to come out. So they, if it's a guy who can't really handle the bat well and it's like an RBI situation, like you might force that guy out of the game a little bit quicker if he's dealing, if it's a close game for the other team. Um, so there's all that kind of aspect that comes into it too. Uh, we'll we'll I wrap think, up with this yeah. one because we, we we told you about twenty minutes. Um, I, I, we we ha- we have a relief pitcher to ask this question. What, what's your thoughts on the three uh, batter minimum rule? Is that something you like, or is it something you you would prefer to just not be a thing again? Um, I'm kind of indifferent on it, I guess. Um, personally, like I I would like to throw to more hitters than less hitters, so I'm kind of glad that like if I go in the game and there's no outs, I'm not gonna face just one lefty and then like. And then just have to come out of the game because there's a righty coming up. So I like it for that reason. You know, it kind of makes you have to pitch to both sides. And, like, being a starter in the past, like, I feel just as confident to get righties out, if not more confident sometimes to get righties out than lefties. Um, So for that aspect, I kind of like it. Um, But I understand, too, where sometimes it kind of burns you. Like, the guy comes in and all of a sudden he can't find the zone and he's got to throw to three guys and he ends up walking the bases loaded. That happened to me last year. Actually, at one point, I think in one of the games against uh, against Seattle, I, I I hadn't thrown in nine days, and I came in and I couldn't find the zone. And it was one of those things where it kind of kind of backfired on us, um, just because there was really no lifeline for me to go to till I faced that third guy. Right, that's fair. Um, well, first place, San Francisco Giants, uh, as all of us here predicted that the Giants would be in first place here. <laughs> Dodgers definitely in third. That's what we had bookmarked uh, on the Tapped In San Francisco Giants podcast. I, I definitely appreciate you coming on, Caleb. Is, is there any last messages that you want to get out there, maybe where people can find you on Twitter or Instagram or or just get some more Caleb Berger? I mean, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know exactly what my handles are. Uh, I think they're the same on both. I think I did change them, so they're the same on both. I think it's just Caleb underscore Barriger. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting to have people out to the games. Like, any fans, like, we love having you guys there. It's been awesome. It's been an awesome atmosphere. Like, even with just 8,000 people in it, we're really excited to see what it's like when we start getting those numbers a little bit higher when all these cases kind of come down and they ease the restrictions. But, yeah, it's been it's been really cool to see the fans this year and like to see people just kind of come rally around us as we're playing well and like come support. Like it's been great. It's been awesome. 
Perfect. Well, hey, Caleb, we really, really appreciate you joining us. It really means the world to us. And uh, have a great weekend series against the Padres, huh? Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thanks. Thanks.